Welcome back to Ed Talk with Tamara. I am so excited about this podcast, episode number four. And we are going to talk today with Dr. Lori Dassa from the University of Florida. And when I have looked over responses from our listeners, and I have also reflected upon our previous podcast, we have really touched upon some heavy subjects that are part of the education profession. And today, Dr. Dassa offers us some insights and information and some positive strategies that are happening in the field of education. Welcome, Dr. Dassa. We're really glad you're here today on Ed Talk. Thank you. So looking forward to chit-chatting with you today. First of all, let's tell the audience about your position at the University of Florida. What does the Director of Clinical Experiences and Partnerships do? It's a very long title, but (laughs) it entails lots of great work. So I have the privilege of working with nine different programs in the College of Education. Um, and everything that's related to their clinical or field experiences, ranging from practicum to internship. Nine programs range out from school counseling and school psychology, ed leadership, elementary ed, early childhood, and a whole bunch more. Um, I'm also the liaison to the 27 different school districts that we work with in the state of Florida. I diligently am working on building systems so that there's some consistency. As you can imagine, nine different programs running and having all these different field experiences, they all do things differently. And so my job is to kind of pull them all together to have some kind of system that works for the full college of education. Um, And in my spare time, (laughs) I get to have fun networking with a variety of people and bringing some grants so that we have some funding to support some of the projects and, and opportunities that we have. Wow. You know, I've known you for a while and we've had several education discussions, but I had no idea you did so much. Um, I'm really, really excited now for our first question. Can't wait to hear your answers and what you're doing. How are universities working with school districts to help fill the teacher shortages and retain teachers? Great question. We uh, really have that as a focus. Recruitment is very important right now. We actually are hiring people to be focusing primarily on recruitment. And um, we're expanding our recruitment. So we're starting at looking at high school students who are interested or in the clubs that are related to education to see if there's some people that would want to become teachers. We're also looking at the state colleges. Primarily Santa Fe is our pipeline connection. Um, For our listeners, sorry to interrupt. For our listeners, will you just explain briefly what Santa Fe is? It used to be a community college, right? But it's now a state college? It is a state college, and they do have educational um, courses there. So a lot of our students are taking those courses, and now we're trying to build a pipeline between them and us. So they get their AA degree there, and then they're coming, they're trickling into our system. To University of Florida. Correct. Um, And what we've done that has made it a little more uh, desirable is we've revamped our programs so now that they are four-year programs instead of five-year programs. So our students are graduating quicker with a bachelor's degree and hit the ground running. So um, the program is very vigorous with lots of practicum experience and internships. Uh, giving them the opportunity to really train. Uh, Another thing that we're looking at is we're looking at some of the new models. One of the big models that's out there right now in um, the nation is residencies. 
And so we have actually applied for a residency. One of our programs called uh, the site program uh, potentially could be changed to a residency where we support candidates as they train and study. And they're actually almost shadowing somebody uh, all year long. So we're really working hard to try to make it uh, something desirable for students to be able to be successful and to feel confident enough that they're not hurling that stress of a first year teacher. Love that. And I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but in our previous podcast, we actually discussed how, um, we need mentorship. We need, um, or apprenticeship was the idea that some of the listeners have brought forward. So this goes hand in hand with that idea. That's lovely. It's great to know this is coming along. Our faculty is really um, interested and really committed to um, building more teachers. And believe it or not, our numbers are still pretty good. Um, We do have people that are walking through the door. And I think it's because we're offering them different options now. And they can say, hey, this works. And um, it's achievable, especially since it's now not a five-year program. Um, You know, the idea of getting a master's was great. But so many of our students were leaving when they had their bachelor's because financially they couldn't support themselves and trying to get a master's degree. It doesn't mean we're not encouraging teachers to go get master's, but now they can go ahead and get a master's in a variety of different areas. And we've kind of expanded our graduate program as well so that that option is available. Awesome. And you work with the county that you're in, Alachua County, but you work with the multiple counties as well. Like how many counties total? Um, so we work for our elementary and our early childhood program. We do work with Alachua County. But for us, as I mentioned, we have nine programs in the College of Ed, ranging from school counseling, school psychology, and leadership. Um, so all of those programs go outside to distance learning. So we work with 27 different school districts in the state of Florida. Well, that's fantastic. And do all of them then have this access in regards to this apprenticeship you were talking about? Or not apprenticeship. What was the term you used? Sorry. Uh, residency. Residency. Yeah, just, residency. Yeah. So we're just in the early stages of investigating what that's about and how that's possible. If there's a lot of um, logistics with the residency, um, I actually just recently uh, studied a model uh, that was presented at AACTE, which is one of our uh, associations, and they have, I believe, they have it um, in Tennessee, and it was all about. Um, working through the Department of Labor and the Department of Education. So there's a lot of um, moving parts that are involved in that process, but we are uh, actively investigating it and seeing how we can bring that here to the University of Florida. Awesome. Is there any kind of timeline as of yet? I know you're in the infant it stages. Is very yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. No timeline just yet, but I can keep you posted if something happens. Awesome. Awesome. That'll be great. All right. Well, um, another topic that I think you could shed some light on, because you are an educational leader, and I know you've worked with many educational leaders. Many people are not aware that over 25% of our educational leaders are going to be leaving at the end of this school year. Some are leaving in the middle of the year. Most are just trying to hang on until the end of the year. Um, So these are principals, assistant principals that are running our schools, and the main reason that they are going to be leaving, they have cited, is mental illness. Um, what are your thoughts and on how we can help these leaders? What are your thoughts on how we can help these leaders? This is definitely a topic that we have addressed at uh, 
coordinator meetings and faculty meetings because, you know, the assumption is, oh, teacher shortage. We don't have enough teachers. Teachers are leaving. But, they, you know, sometimes they don't identify that the principals are struggling as much. Um, and so there's been a real shift in refocusing on mental wellness, especially since COVID hit. Um, and we have been working on developing a lot of pe pre professional development that concentrates on those needs. Um, in fact, last month, I sat in on um, an advisory board meeting, and, and that is where we work together with our stakeholders. And it was um, Alachua County, Marion County, some other filtered counties around, and all of these stakeholders, principals, um, people in the district, we all got together, and this was the topic of conversation, was that we need to support the wellness, the mental health of our leaders, because if they can't lead, then we can't have a system that's successful. Um, so they, we actually started talking about developing an authentic needs assessment and actually doing some studying to see what are the issues, how can we help, and then how can we build professional development around the results that we get. So instead of doing it, um, you know, half-heartedly where we're just like, oh, you've got issues, here's some professional development, mm -hmm. we're actually asking what, what are the concerns, what are your needs, and hopefully with enough funding and grants, we can actually build um, a process where there's professional development and resources available for our leaders. That's fantastic. One of our listeners sent a, a memo that said, you know, we keep getting told, take time for ourselves, take time for ourselves, but we're not given any time to take time for ourselves, to take care of ourselves. So I think this is fantastic that you're going to do some investigating and listening. And, and I think it's great you're starting with the leaders because if the leaders can't take care of their team, then the team suffers and ultimately our children suffer. So I think those fantastic ideas. Thanks for sharing that. And um, the last thing that we have that we always like to end on is a positive note. So can you share one notable celebration for the education profession with us? So although we've talked about teacher shortage and we've talked about um, educational leaders struggling, et cetera, I really think that throughout all the turmoil of the past few years, our educators have demonstrated their consistent effectiveness. And I think we actually have changed the narrative. I think people now see the field of education as something that is resilient and worthwhile. And with the right tools of recruitment, um, we can bring some people that are really wonderful into the system. I think it was very eye-opening for our society to say, well, you know what? Through all of this, teachers kept teaching. Leaders kept leading. Um, they struggled, and so did everybody else, but they kept doing their job because they knew they had the commitment to children, and they still do. And so I feel like we kind of showed the world, hey, this is a great profession. You should be a part of this. So now we just need to take this, and we need to continue that process. I love that. I love how you said that we have indeed changed the narrative and that we have recognized that the field of education is resilient and worthwhile. Thank you so much. This has been Ms. Lori Dassa from the University of Florida, Director of Clinical Experiences and Partnerships. We thank you for your time, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future with some updates on these wonderful programs and initiatives you're taking. Well, thank you for talking with me. 
Thank you for listening to Ed Talk with Tamara. This has been episode number four with Dr. Lori Dassa. And if you're interested in learning more about Dr. Dassa and the programs at the University of Florida, please feel free to check out their site at ufl.edu and look for Educator Central. That's E-D-U-G-A-T-O-R, Educator Central. And if you have any comments or feedback or any topic suggestions, or even would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to contact edtalkwithtamara at gmail.com. That's Tamara, T-A-M-Y-R-A. So edtalkwithtamara at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing your thoughts and ideas, and especially on how we can come together and help educators. Have a great day.